Today we're talking about how to keep games interesting for players even after they've played them for hours on end. We're talking about novelty, progression systems, replayability, and how those are implemented across a number of VR games, including Demio, Population One, and Walkabout Minigolf. Hello, and welcome to Head-Mounted Destinations. This is a podcast about VR and VR game development. We provide our perspective as developers and provide a peek behind the curtain into how these VR games are made. I'm Matt, and I'm a gameplay programmer. And I'm Carlos. I'm a level designer. Today we're talking about how game developers keep players coming back to their games. This is often called replayability, and there's a couple of factors that come into it but it really just boils down to keeping the game fresh for players even after they've played the game for hours on end. Yeah, I think actually a easy misconception for the term replayability is to think that it is kind of exclusively surrounding the act of like replaying a game, like making it through the full story progression, whatever, and then like going back to the start and saying, oh, I'll take another ride. In this case, we are really focusing more on the like actual abstraction of that, which is like a player returning to the game. Whether they had beaten it or not, they can put it down and very easily forget about it for six months when like the new Hitman or Fallout, whatever comes out. So how do we as developers create systems that are pleasant and enticing enough that it keeps players putting the headset back on and choosing our game uh, as opposed to maybe turning it on once every three or four months when a major update comes out only to play for a very short period and then leave the game for yet another couple months. At high level, you want to keep the game fresh. You want to keep the player from being bored. You want to keep them having fun. Exactly. And you can do this in a couple of ways. You can change up the actual mechanics of the game, right? You can introduce new elements or you can change the way that the existing elements work. A lot of game genres that develop sort of have their own trick for keeping players coming back, right? I mean, roguelikes are a great example of how to core loops that stay fresh and like have mutators and are random enough on each quote run that it sort of stays interesting to the player. Lots of games like live service games now uh, have like daily quests or like new challenges. They, they change up the goal of the game so that every day or week or month the player comes in and now they have a new goal. And now they're approaching the same mechanics in the game in a different way because they're trying to do this specific thing of, you know, I don't know, what's a good example of? Good examples of this would be uh, a lot of Epic games are basically all formatted like this. So Rocket League, Fortnite, Dauntless, etc. Um, you will come into the game and there will be a set of daily challenges, weekly challenges, potentially seasonal challenges. So there are like three different tiers of stuff to keep the player coming back to. And then let's take Rocket League for the main example. The goals will be like maybe score a goal and win a match in the same match. And that will just be one challenge. Whereas like getting 250 assists will be a seasonal challenge. It runs like a couple of months long. It might even be recyclable. So once you reach the maximum, it bring it gives you the reward, sets your counter back to zero, and then you can go at it again for those who 
uh, continue playing beyond all the challenges. I've certainly reached the point at several times because I'm such an avid Rocket League player. But like you hit a point where all the challenges are exhausted and then the game feels almost like more of a drag to play because now you're not being fed that like boosted progression feeling. Yeah. So I think that there's two angles to that. The first is for shorter term and more specific goals like I don't know, get 10 kills with the P90, right? Yeah. Now you're like, oh, I got to use the P90. Yep. So that's uh, affecting your play in a certain way. And for the broader goals of like get 250 assists over the week or month or mm -hmm. whatever, now you're getting a sense for like, wow, I've played a lot. Like, and I'm I'm making progress on something just by playing the game. Then, of course, there's the reward once you finish that challenge that's now like a, a long-term reason to keep coming back is even though you're playing the game the same way, you're looking forward to getting that reward. Right. And for the Rocket Leagues or the Fortnites, it's usually like a experience booster or some sort of new cosmetic. So like I can put in uh, a week's worth of play, get all of my challenge done, and then now that boosts me along my rocket pass so much that I have a really cool cape or some sort of really cool animated car decal skin that then makes me want to play just so that I can like admire my car. A lot of people like the, what, dress up aesthetic for, for lack of a better term, right? They like having their army men or their toy cars and having them look different yeah people usually call it fashion whatever like fashion hyphen whatever uh, at least i started to see this when like dark souls was like really you know dark souls one and two were really getting big three had yet to come out and people started calling it fashion souls for the people who mm -hmm. were good enough to survive the game so good that they then just pick and choose whatever armor pieces they want to make the most fashionable character and then posting that to reddit and having these different like style competitions like even in a hard hardcore game like dark souls you had people saying no i want to dress up i want to express myself and like you know live that out Right, it's both a form of self-expression, but also a form of domination, where it's like, I'm so good at this game, I'm just like, completely controlling it, and turning it to my will. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, this game, it sounds super difficult, but I can wear whatever I want, and not even really have to think about it. Um, I, another part of this is, I guess, on the Fortnite end, the whole default skin meme. Um, I don't know if it's a meme, or just some sort of slanderous slur but basically what i have heard through like news sites and other things is like if you are a kid playing fortnite and you have only the default skin you have not unlocked any other cosmetics people will like make fun of you for it so it's not just the like domination aspect of like i'm so good at this game but it is also a almost like social status in some areas like what skins you have let's talk about battle passes real quick because i think that'll play in it's a trend that's come up fairly recently and, and lots of games are adopting it now and it's a it's a specific model of monetization and unlocks and experience growth so for those of you travelers who are not too familiar with battle passes or how they are structured we're going to break that down really quick so battle passes are these seasonal progression tracks that exist for maybe like four-ish months or so it's supposed to somewhat emulate a sports season but the idea is 
hey, we have a progression for you to go through. It's going to offer you cosmetics and other things that don't alter the gameplay. And let's say there's like a 100 tiers or levels on the battle pass. Every match you play of your game is going to give you some amount of XP and eventually you level up, quote unquote, in the battle pass. And that will get you whatever items are on that next level of the battle pass. Now, there is a free version of the battle pass and a premium version of the battle pass. Basically, everyone is automatically opted into the battle pass since it's free, but you'll only get rewards every five level ups as opposed to every single level up, which you get on the premium pass. So those who do not want to participate in spending real money for a battle pass, they get the slower drip feed of progression, but they still get cosmetics. Whereas the people who pay in, they receive, you know, way faster unlocking of things. And on top of that, just a higher value for what they put in. Like if a battle pass costs 10 bucks, you're automatically getting a skin and a car and a something else that retail values at like 25, 30 bucks. And that's like right at the very beginning. So you can imagine a lot of players thinking like, oh, wow, what a great deal. This battle pass has like $50 worth of cosmetics. And all I need to do is spend 10 bucks because I'm playing it uh, every day anyways. And all these challenges are helping me get through it. Right. So let's bring this around to actual VR games for a second. I think today we're going to talk mainly about Demio, but there's a couple of other games where we see this sort of progression track battle pass style unlock system to sort of entice players to come back. But we're going to look at why it's more or less successful in these games. So specifically, Demio has a track of unlocks for unlocking cosmetics. As you play games, if you beat a whole run, then you get some amount of experience points and it moves you up on the track. But it's maybe not as successful as others. We talked about Demio previously on the show. We did a whole episode uh, where we talked about factors that cause players to not play VR anymore. Sort of the like, why has my headset been sitting on a shelf for two months? Well, it's because I'm tired and I don't know what to play and getting it set up is too hard anyways and it's uncomfortable when it's on my head. We, we built up that framework and we said Demio does a good job of overcoming a lot of those hurdles. It's, it's something that's easy to slip into and play. Uh, you know, it's not off-putting. It doesn't make me think, oh, God, that'd be so much work. For, for the most part, the long playtime is the one counterpoint to that. Mm -hmm. But... Although it does a good job of being easy to slip into, it does not do a good job of keeping the player there and keeping them engaged after they've played a couple of, of matches and they're like, oh yeah, okay, I've gotten what I can get out of this game. So it's an interesting case study in that, in that it, it really does really well on, on the one hand and does very poorly on the other hand. Carlos, do you want to talk about why? Yeah, so mini rant time. Demio's progression does not feel pleasing to players, especially to repeat players, players who return, players who play more than, say, once a week. Because when you win, you will get granted a large amount of experience. Sure, fair. You're still not going to level up, though, on a win. But if you lose, no matter where or when you lost, you are only going to get let's say 100 XP, whereas if you win a match, you get like a thousand, right? So those are some clean numbers, 100 XP versus a thousand XP, win or lose. 
And these games take about well over an hour to play. I would say like 45 to 90 minutes is like an average play session is what feels like. And losing that session only to get 100 XP, which means, oh, if I lost like 10, 15 times, then I would get a cosmetic. You're now asking me to multiply 45 to 90 minutes by 10. And let's compare that to Pop 1, the VR Battle Royale game, which has a battle pass I paid. I think it was like $3 to get in on it. And basically every single match... Even if I didn't really get a challenge done, I was getting a new unlock on that battle pass. And that felt so much better. That told me, like, hell yeah, I actually want to go back in and play one more game, even though I'm a little sweaty right now. Or, like, I may not have a full squad with me, but dang, that challenge is going to get me a really cool gun skin, and, like, I just need to go for it. Whereas on Demio, I will play a game with you and some other friends, we'll, like go through a full campaign, beat it, and then see that we got maybe half a level up or three quarters of a level up. And I'll be like, okay, cool. I'm very glad that like I got a big boost of experience, but I also just spent nearly two hours of my time working towards this major arc, and I kind of want something more for my investment and then especially that gets especially uh grindy and frustrating when you and me and other people are playing and we're just like losing over and over to the elf queen or the sewer rat guy like and we're just seeing okay thank you for your hour efforts we're only going to give you this tiny sliver of xp you're not going to get any rewards bye bye you lose sir Seems like there's two issues there. Uh, the first is that it is shifting the emphasis from just playing onto a specific outcome, which can work for certain progression models. But in this sort of case where you're trying to incentivize just play, you really want to have like all play turn mm -hmm. into experience, right? Um, and you can add on like maybe it'd be you get bonus experience if you do cool stuff or get more kills during a round but shifting the focus onto just winning makes it less appealing for whatever reason to get in yeah and the other issue is that the rewards just don't come often enough the fact that the play takes so long and it results in such little reward means that you're not getting that uh, little burst of dopamine or or whatever as you get a new unlock yeah, like if I were to juxtapose Demio's progression and or battle passes and non-existent challenges to, let's say, Pop 1 or Rocket League, where I guess with Rocket League, like they really tied the challenges into like everything around the game, whereas with Pop 1, it's mostly focused on like consuming items or using certain weapons. But even within that, the play is being activated like the play is being leaned on so like the challenge is pick up 12 bananas or whatever the challenge is pick up some shields the challenge is recharge your shields for 200 percent over the course of however many matches you play uh, or use a shotgun or a p90 like you mentioned get five kills with the p90 these things are all tying into the play and Demio doesn't have that. Demio doesn't have challenges that you can focus on outside of just winning or losing. And the challenges don't have to be roll the dice five times, 
you know, make a thumbs up at your friends three times. Like, you don't need challenges to to solve this. It's really more a matter of, like you previously brought up, put XP or reward players for playing the game well, right? So if I have... If I've opened every single box on the floor, I lived long enough to open every single box on the floor. Like, that's difficult. Like, that is a cool moment. Basically, give me a heist bonus, right? Where I've cleared out an entire floor. If I've explored an entire floor, uncovered every room, then, like, give me a bonus for that, right? If I opened every single door in the entire floor, give me a door kicker bonus, if I end with cards, right, if I if I lose a run, right, and I end with a bunch of cards in my hand or what have you, like convert that into XP or something like th- there's just no reward for playing the game well, uh, except for winning. And that just rings totally hollow and really has been stopping me from coming back to play the game. I, I forget. Do they have any amount of like card unlocks during the game no okay all all the class cards are there based on who you pick you just get new costumes for the for the heroes i i was thinking it would be great for them to have some sort of like level up for your heroes but then i think that would fight against it's more casual everyone show up and like play together type thing yeah I think you could definitely benefit from some of the tricks that roguelikes in general have, have learned about keeping things fresh what about back for blood right back for blood that new kind of left for dead style game they started putting in those roguelike elements of like here's a chaos card or whatever they call it it's a gameplay modifier like the zombies run two times faster now or you know they're extra mutated and infected or here's a bunch of fog like one of the modifiers is there's heavy fog across the entire level and thus it reduces visibility the demio rat king expansion kind of did that i think it was like lanterns or darkness was like the new mechanic but the thing is is that you can actually weaponize that into a random gameplay modifier like exactly what we were talking about with back for blood like you can kind of do that shit like make the enemies extra vicious make the enemies randomly like not prone to uh what's it called being feared well, does, does that succeed in keeping you coming back? Does it change up the gameplay loop enough? I think that can change up the gameplay loop enough to make the runs interesting. But my main problem with Demio is still that the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is just not correct yet. Yeah, it's just too small. Yeah, the pot of gold is too small and I don't win often enough to see the cool pot of gold. So that brings us to maybe the core of the episode, which is this idea that the freshness of a game or the ability of a game to keep its players playing is impacted by two factors. The first is the frequency at which the player is rewarded, and the second is the meaningfulness of that reward. So for example, with Demio, the frequency is clearly too low. We're getting new stuff once a match or every five matches. It, I should be getting a bunch of stuff all the time. And part part of this is because of the play time of each session is so long. So each session should result in a lot of rewards. And the second is the meaningfulness or the, the impact of the reward. So for Demio, it's largely cosmetics that are okay. But there's no like really crazy stuff that makes me want to go get it 
So within Demio, the cosmetics available, if I recall correctly, are costumes for the little character models that you move around the board. Uh, additionally, there are these like face masks that uh, all the characters are represented by that get new unlocks. The base plate for the character models can be customized. And is there anything else? I think it's just those three. Yeah, it's just a small set. And as, at least as far as I saw, they didn't even have anything really crazy when it came to those skins. At least where we are at, they don't have anything wild and out there. I feel like I'm holding out hope that, you know, whatever is tucked away behind a 100 plus hours of playing is just some like animated GIF mask that has like sparklies coming off of it or something. Um, because right now my mask is simple wood and that's like level the level two or three unlock or something like that. Right. I mean, this really comes into it's not happening fast enough or it's not impactful enough. Right. Yeah. The fact that we don't even know what the scope potential scope of the reward is. I mean, like from what we've seen, it's very basic skins and like that. That's the player experience is like, oh, I guess. I can get a slightly different color of wood. <laughs> like That's not going to incentivize me to play. The most impactful thing there really is the character skins. And this is something that I feel like we talked about in the past, maybe on the show. But how do you do cosmetics that you can really appreciate in VR, right? Yeah, we talked about that with Blast on. Right. And Demio is hitting that kind of on a 50-50 right now. Because the mask, I'm never going to see my own face mask. Like, it's just part of my body. So I'm wearing that to please other people. Whereas the character costumes, that's the most impactful to me because I'm going to be looking at my character a lot and I'm going to move them around and all that stuff. The baseboard underneath my character, I could call that maybe honestly tertiary because I'm, not, I'm never really looking at the baseboard. I'm looking at the character model, but by proxy of looking at the character model, I'm looking at the baseboard. The thing, though, that they don't have customizable, as far as I saw, that really should be an encouraged mechanic in the game is the free drawing. Like, the ability to pinch the air and then draw a line through, like, John Madden style through the dungeon to, like, let your friends know what's going on. There's no customization option for that. And that's the... That's the thing that I can actually personally express myself with using my own hands. And I found that to be... Almost shocking, I guess, if I want to like use scandalous words like <laughs> all these other all these other things. They're like, yeah, sure. We'll cosmetic up. And then literally this thing where I can draw my name or whatever the heck I want. I, I can't get I can't even change that to a different color. I can't even like add sparkles to it. Nothing. Right. Juxtaposing that to population one where I can see my cosmetics by simply looking at my arms and my uh, whatever's in my hand, which is, you know, always a gun. Like, that's where my cosmetics are focused. What is it that I'm actually wearing? What is it that I'm holding in my hand? And, and that's basically what is in my view every single second. So pop one for me is like one of the best examples of how to lean into VR cosmetics, whereas games like Echo Arena and Demio are either counter examples or like halfway points that, you know, could make it there if only they tweaked like some things talking about impactful progression or or unlocks and what that means 
on the far end of the scale, that could mean entire new mechanics or ways of playing the game, right? Things that totally change the play experience. Right. So, you know, for Demio, that, that might be getting new cards or getting new classes of heroes. And these classes w- could potentially have crazy new mechanics. Um, you know, it's like, oh, this one can leap a bunch of tiles. So that would be very impactful. And you could bring it back down and have amazing character skins that are super cool and have different animation sets and sparkly particles or maybe different environmental backgrounds so that when you're playing around the table, you're seeing stuff, different stuff in the background. I mean, all these are things that have a bigger impact on the experience than what color my dice is. Yes. And to add on to like the impactfulness of the cosmetics, we must also talk about like the frequency, of course. Mm-hmm. So like if I am unlocking, say, a new colored die for Demio and I played for 30 minutes, that feels pretty good. If I unlock a whole new version of mom's basement for playing for 30 minutes, that feels fucking awesome. Now, let's stretch that time a bit and say, I took 90 minutes to unlock a new dye color. I'm kind of disappointed because, sure, it's a new dye color, but it definitely doesn't feel like it has high value for whatever reason. But if I play for 90 minutes and I get a new mother's basement, that is now, I guess, more equal, at least in my first sort of in my mind at this first glance, like take of it. If I'm playing a full game of Demio and I like win or whatever at the end, it took the full 90 minutes and suddenly it's like now you have a mystical elven forest as your like as a background option instead of, you know, mom's dingy basement. I would be like, holy shit, I've got to play this game I got to play another round, obviously. Like a a die is not going to make me want to play another round. Sitting in a new environment is going to make me want to play another round. And maybe there's like some scientific jargon to explain why that is. But what I am more so getting out here is just like the impact of your cosmetic has to be weighed with like the frequency or when the player is going to get it, right? So if I have a five tiers on my battle pass like we talked about earlier tier one or tier two is the die and then tier five is that new background ideally then you can like drip feed it out so it's like oh okay like let's say tier one that should probably take like one match you know win or lose to get tiers two through three you'll get them if you actually win a match like if you do really well and win a match then boom you get like a cluster of cosmetics which is always fun and it if anything shows the player hey you did fucking awesome this round and so we're gonna make it rain all over you doing the hand money toss out motion except with cosmetics everywhere right there's a lot to dig into there i mean so for one giving you a burst of cosmetics versus drip feeding it does, does that have a different impact? Maybe it leaves a larger impression on the player. Um, so that needs to be weighed. There's the idea of how long a, a new unlock is cool for you. So I think that's what you're getting at maybe with the getting a new color of dice versus getting a whole background. Like the, you're like, oh, it's a blue die. Cool. That's kind of neat. Versus like, whoa, there's a whole elven forest around me. That's going to hold my attention for a lot longer. So that the ratio between like how, how long it's refreshing to me versus mm-hmm. how long it took me to unlock, like that needs to be balanced. 
I'm not going to play an hour for a palette swap on the die, but I right. will play an hour for a crazy new environment with lots that's that's new. Yeah, I think that is, like you said, how long does it take for the freshness to wear off? I think another way to put it is the novelty of something is mm-hmm. like, how long is this novel for? A dye, a brand new dye color is going to be novel for maybe, I would say, two tosses of the dye, <laughs> less than a handful. And like artists, I appreciate the work uh, that you do to put in those colors on the dye, but just you know nothing ever gets appreciated the way it's supposed to so as a player i get bored of blue or red dye after a couple of throws whereas this big new setting around me i can actually it's like it has far more detail it has a wider breadth for me to take in like visually it it encompasses me, so I cannot scan every detail of it and become familiar with it rapidly. Like, I will have to, like, sit down, look around the room, maybe even drag myself around the room like I was doing in Mom's basement to kind of see what the poster in the back said or just to see how far I could go in this setting. Like, there's so much more to explore with a inherently larger cosmetic such as that, and that's not a for sure rule you could certainly make a big bland you know white room from an insane asylum and then the novelty of that is probably going to wear off fairly quickly unless you have something razzle dazzling in the room this makes me think about walkabout mini golf and how i freaking love that game yeah they, they have you know scattered throughout each environment they have hidden balls and when you pick up the ball it unlocks a new skin for you but they scatter a bunch throughout the environment because if you played around and then it was like you unlocked a new golf ball skin and you're like cool it has a star on it whoop-de-doo yeah <laughs> versus like you find five and you're like oh that one's kind of cool Ooh, this one's really cool what's extra pleasing in walkabout is at the end of your game all these golf balls get like shot out of like this pachinko faucet machine thing and you can hear the satisfying clack of the balls and see them like roll onto a table like i just i just really wanted to kind of like fan out about the presentation of that for a moment because all these other games at least as far as i've seen really keep it much more to a outside of let's say uh pop 1 keep it to more of a sort of flat like presentation something that's kind of lackluster whereas this is like it's leaning into the fact that it's mini golf it has like a little mini golf like shoot you know how you like put the ball into like the little bamboo shoots and then it clink clank clinks over to like somewhere else like it does that when you unlock new new balls at the end at the end of the match you're back in the main menu and it like shoots all the balls out onto the table and that feels really good it's hitting you visually it's hitting you with the with the actual sound of the golf balls clacking against each other and now you're also seeing kind of like your progress, right? The rule for the hidden balls, by the way, is that for each hole in the course, there is a hidden ball. So it's like 18 balls, like every time a new level comes out. It doesn't seem that having a linear progression track is really the best call. It, It almost seems like it's aping other battle pass systems or whatever, just for the sake of, you know, aping it. But the thing about scattering uh, unlocks throughout 
the actual play experience means that you're much more engaged and you're and playing is more than just converting into experience points the actual Mm -hmm. method of play matters which really amps up the experience you're getting from the base game the other thing that you said was the presentation of the unlocks is not to be underestimated right because if i have a whole cool animated unlock sequence with music and sparkles and it feels awesome and it has you know the right timing and stuff what that's doing is it's boosting the impact of the unlock of the progression without actually changing the nature of it right like if it's a if i get a new card skin card back whatever like that's just a texture and if it was just like bloop unlocked that feels totally different from like new unlock like yeah big explosion the card pack fucking shakes and spins around like yeah right so it's not just oh you gotta have progression that really changes up the game or or has you know a bunch of particle effects or whatever and and leaves a a huge residual change to the game like you can also just present it more appealingly what could we say that's actually like tangible, not just armchair person thing? Talking about what could Demio actually do concretely to improve this situation? Well, on the base level, it's just give me unlocks faster and give me cooler unlocks. But there's a more deeper systemic change to the way that progression happens that would maybe better suit the nature of the game. Yes. And this would be to like lean into what players are doing and recognize then reward players for playing the game well in certain aspects. Like we had talked about, if you achieve some sort of like sub goal within the level, like opening up all the crates or opening up all the doors or fully exploring an entire floor. And even if I lose, after that, giving me a nice boost in XP so that it is softening the blow of losing. I'm still getting a good amount of progression because I lost, but I lost trying really hard, right? And doing very well, as opposed to doing the bare minimum and making it to the very end. Right. And the comparison to Walkabout Mini Golf is actually pretty sound because in both games, you are taking turns, so you're spending a lot of time waiting and doing something there where the time you're spending outside of taking your turn can be turned into like a, you know, oh, I'm, I'm trying to find stuff or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm making progress. Yeah, I would find it really interesting if they, one, gave us new environments to sit in because, you know... The novelty of mom's basement has worn off. (laughs) Uh, If they gave us new environments to hang around and then maybe doing scavenger hunts or something within that environment, some sort of interactivity, right? Or it could be... Or maybe they're scattered with throughout the level in the thing. Oh, shit. That sounds super cool. Way cooler than what I was going to propose, which was like, okay, put like all the player cosmetic stuff, like the player character, the little avatars, the D&D characters, you put their cosmetics like onto that like linear track pass, whatever they want to do. And you put the player cosmetics like gloves and face masks and like cool things for the draw line within the environment. But Mm -hmm. I really, really like this idea that you just presented, which is to put the cosmetics into the actual like D board and have a secret chest like like it's not even pinpointed on the map but you know like this is 
this is a meta chest. Like, I get this so I can directly get something, win or lose. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, that little imp dude from the shop, he gives you like that, that hint of like, oh, I heard a platinum chest was on the next floor or on this floor, blah, blah, blah. And that lets you know, okay, this is my exploration floor. I need to clear this floor. And, and now I need to like scour and methodically like conserve my health to get through the whole floor so I can find this cosmetic. Like that's cool, man. That's a really good idea. Great suggestion, Matt. I almost feel like we should uh, return to progression in VR games for another episode. I'm really feeling that because I have not talked enough about Pop One's Battle Pass. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot to dig into there, like the different different ways that you make the game refreshing and and keep it keep players from getting bored and how that depends on what the type of the game is and you know et cetera et cetera. But for now, we should probably let the show roll out. If you'd like this episode of Head Mounted Destinations, find a friend and share it with them. Word of mouth helps us out. To get notified about new episodes, go to headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list. You can listen to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to discuss this episode or suggest future topics, visit our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you at the next Head Mounted Destination. 